Hi, this is Golda Velas with Raise the Voices, and I'm introducing Nina Keese, who's going to talk to us about femicides in Turkey and the situation there. Hi, Golda. Thanks for organizing this podcast. Um, I want to start by telling um, two stories that are very uh, illustrative of the situation in Turkey concerning gender-based violence today. So, Elena um, Çakır was um, a 21-year-old woman who was dating a man named Ümit Can Uygun. He would regularly um, beat her so badly that she would um, faint. And there were actually videos that Ümit Can Uygun took and posted on social media of um, Alena being passed out uh, after he had beaten her up. Um, so Alena, uh, requested a temporary restraining order against Unitjan, which lasted for a month. Um, but after this, no further measures were taken by the police or by the government to protect Alena, despite uh, the danger represented by Unitjan for her. And this resulted in Alena being killed in her own home in June 2020 at the age of 21. And following her death, Unitjan uh, claimed that it was a suicide and he was let free by the police mm -hmm. after being interrogated. Just a few months later, his mother was found dead in very similar circumstances. And once again, he claimed that this was a suicide. On top of this, uh, Alena's neighbors had heard screams of Alena just before she died and they'd recorded them. And despite all this evidence showing that Umit Jan had killed Elena, he still remains free today, and his trial that was supposed to take place in November was postponed because um, the judge responsible for the trial was supposedly on leave. He, Umit Jan even has a fan base, and uh, people who admire him or who thinks that he was justified in using violence against Elena or that Alena was somehow responsible for finding herself in this situation. Yeah. And the second uh, story that I'd like to Wait, tell so, is so, the so story... just, just to clarify on yeah. Elena, so is he going to be prosecuted for it? Has he, has he been prosecuted at all or he will yeah, be? Yeah, so there is currently a trial against him based mm -hmm. on all this evidence that's been brought. And there's also been a huge, you know, uh, pressure coming from social media, from people pushing mm -hmm. for his prosecution. But uh, the trial just, you know, keeps getting pushed further and he's not even detained. So he's currently free mm -hmm. to do whatever he wants. Um, right. So many months later, it's been six months. So, yeah. And um, then there's Muslim Aslam who, who beat his wife during a very long period. And one day he stabbed her and this resulted in him uh, being imprisoned. However, um, during the, when the COVID crisis started, the government decided to release uh, an important number of prisoners, supposedly to avoid sort of contamination inside prisons. But the problem with this is that the government released a lot of people who were authors of domestic violence and mm -hmm. without sort of any protective measures for families. And mm -hmm. at the same time, political prisoners remained in prison, so people who just criticized the government or written, a, you know, some sort of article, these remained in prison. And so when Muslim Aslan left prison, his wife had actually initiated a divorce procedure against him following the stabbing. And he went uh, to find her and 
their nine-year-old daughter, proceeded to have an argument with his wife during which his nine-year-old daughter intervened to try to protect her mother and he killed his nine-year-old daughter during this argument. So this tragic event would obviously have been avoided had the government not released him or at least taken measures to ensure that his family was protected given the fact that this man was obviously dangerous and obviously would try to, you know, uh, find his family. So this, these are unfortunately not isolated incidents. These happen frequently in Turkey, these kinds of stories. And um, many women experience a lifelong of violence. So first in their family, they get beaten by their fathers or brothers, and then they marry quite young in the hope that they're going to escape this violence and, you know, have a better life. And then they experience violence at the hands of their partners. And um, I think the statistic is that 38% of women in Turkey experience violence from their partner. And this is, a, so just from their partner. And this is opposed to 25% in Europe. Um, violence is not just physical violence, there's also sexual violence, verbal, psychological and economic violence is also really important. And through all these forms of violence, um, women have every aspect of their lives uh, controlled and they're also isolated from other people and uh, it makes it really difficult for them to have a life outside of this violence and to ask for help from anyone outside. What are the rights like for women in Turkey generally? Can they, you know, leave the country, get a passport, get a job, you know, buy a house without a male permission or, or how is yeah. that? Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. so the thing is that in, in Turkey, legally speaking, uh, women, you know, have uh, strong rights. They can, you know, uh, they can divorce, they can lead an independent life. But the problem is that there are a lot of practical obstacles for them to do so and I think that one of the biggest ones is economic mm -hmm. um, you know in order to you know lead an independent life be it inside of Turkey or outside of Turkey um, and even more so outside of Turkey you need to have a certain you know economic uh, basis and for, for single women or particularly women who have children uh, this is just impossible you know often um, Often the, they're prevented from working in their relationship or even when they work, they just don't earn enough money to be able to stand on their own two feet um, mm -hmm. by themselves. Or at least they think that they won't be able to and the hope mm -hmm. that they receive from the state is extremely minimal. Right. And, um, and what, what do you want people to, to take away from this? What, what actions are being taken in, in response to all these circumstances? Well, I think the biggest problem is that um, there was a momentum in Turkey following the uh, Istanbul Convention that was signed and ratified in 2012. And uh, there have been like a couple laws passed um, to protect women against violence. But there were always problems with uh, their implementation because the attitude in Turkey of uh, officials, whether the police, uh, the judiciary, have always been that, uh, you know, women had to sort of submit to their partner and that, you know, women uh, violence inside the family was a family matter and it was to be dealt with uh, by the family and not interfered with by the state. 
but still there was there was some progress and some change in mentalities and today with the conservative government uh this is all being threatened because the government wants to leave the istanbul convention and is uh promoting a discourse that places the woman as just a mother someone who whose role is in the household and this sort of encourages uh men you know who resort to violence and there's a failure to punish them and i just think that um it's important for all of us outside of turkey and inside of turkey to be aware of this to be able to uh just you know talk about it and mm-hmm. you know raise awareness about the issue so that there's a sense of shame that's instilled in the men who do this sort of thing because currently um the biggest issue is just that these men feel no responsibility they think that it's their right to do what they do and that it's okay and that it's not something to feel ashamed about and if this changes mm-hmm. through um you know the public opinion in turkey and outside of turkey mm-hmm. then i think that there'll be some progress so, so the message is that erdogan is for many reasons on the wrong track and one of them is he's completely ignoring a woman's rights and yeah. and is a uh, walking back the progress that had been made are are there women leaders we should be aware of in turkey that we should follow and support um i think that the the um the groups of people who are the most in need of support and being followed are uh feminist and women's rights organizations in turkey uh and one of them is called Morçatı the Purple Roof Women's Shelter Foundation uh because these do uh tremendously important work in protecting women and uh advancing their rights and often women when they turn to the state and they don't get any help then they turn to these organizations and these ones make the difference whether a woman stays alive or dies no say say uh, that again the the, pur- yeah. the purple roof foundation purple roof uh women's uh, shelter foundation P- purple roof yep. women's shelter so that's what people can search is purple roof women's shelter and turkey yeah exactly um because they are also facing uh both financial and political difficulties mm-hmm. uh being a bit um targeted by the state at the moment and so they really need to have support to continue doing the work that they're doing no absolutely um and that's a a good place maybe to to pause here for people to do that research um i know we're going to continue talking about this after the after the podcast of what we can uh, do as a group raise the voices uh, supports all of these efforts and we're going to probably try to come up with some action items um anything else you want to say nina before we close out the this quick little podcast and this update about the women's rights in turkey um i just wanted to mention um that also another issue is also um that women are made to feel uh blameworthy for mm-hmm. experiencing violence and i think that's something that's extremely difficult for women uh to carry because um even with their own families they find it very difficult to talk about what they're going through because somehow they feel like they're made to feel as though they're at fault they weren't good enough in you know they weren't a good enough partner good enough mother good enough sister mm-hmm. and so i think that that's something also um 
that needs to be talked about in order for, for this to change. And I think it's slowly changing mm-hmm. compared to maybe 20 years ago in the sense that women are much more aware today of their rights mm-hmm. and possibilities than before. Mm-hmm. But there's still work to be done in that aspect. No, and I think there's a, a, a communication between women because there's Turkey isn't the only place. There's a number of places where mm-hmm. the feminist groups yes. are really leading the charge for change. I think, you know, we talked about in Nigeria that the feminist organizations are, are kind of leading some of the protests. So do you see that the, the women in Turkey who are, and of course that's a huge bunch of, you know, not you know, very heterogeneous group of people, um, do you see that feminist groups in Turkey, are they making good contact with feminist groups outside of Turkey? Is there a lot of idea interchange and, you know, business interchange or startups for women? Or is is there a good ecosystem for women in Turkey to experience, you know, maybe a lot of networking with women everywhere? I I think so. I think so. Uh, Again, I think that uh, certain women's rights organizations are limited in terms of funds, so it makes it difficult for them to uh, carry out the full extent of what they could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think that, for example, there was a social media campaign called Challenge Accepted, which began in Turkey, mm-hmm. um, concerning the femicides, to denounce femicides, and they were just a black and white photo of women who'd been killed. Mm-hmm. And then this blew up completely, and it was taken up in the U.S. by celebrities, and people didn't really know that it started in Turkey and it was about femicides. They thought it was just about generally empowering women. Mm-hmm. But this also... Um, sort of gave visibility to the issue in Turkey. So social media is a really powerful tool that's being used uh, by people inside of Turkey to shine a light on what's happening and to get uh, support from outside. And I think that the global, you know, feminist uh, movements and, you know, Me Too mm-hmm. um, is really a strong opportunity to build, you know, a global, a global movement that can help um, women's rights inside of Turkey. Right. So I think you might say that connecting to people everywhere and not just everybody looking inside their own country is something that is probably valuable to women. Yeah, very valuable. And also, as you mentioned, um, you know, the same issue exists in a great number of countries and, you know, the same problems. So having this exchange and, you know, um, it's it's extremely valuable. Yeah. Great. Well, I think that's really a, a good quick overview of it and if anybody does want to help on this issue or other issues around the world um, we're at raisethevoices.org and uh, you can find Nina there and you can find other people there who are trying to to make a difference and connect directly to people around the world so thank you very much Nina and I'm going to